You can validate the idea, but don't validate the idea. Validate the problem. What are you solving? How are, how are you helping? The reality is fintech is not that sexy. It is hard work, but it is super fun and fulfilling. Why? Because most of us are in a vulnerable financial position and suffer from money stress. So our job as fintechers is to come up with solutions. Welcome to Fintech Product, the place to be for career advice for women in fintech. I am Moni Millares, and I've built a career building digital banks from scratch, both in the UK and Southeast Asia. I strongly believe in togetherness, and I'm here to open up, share, and bring fintech product and leadership experts together so that you don't have to start from scratch to thrive in your career in fintech. I'm Mexican-British living in Asia, and I'm recognized as Singapore 65 fintech product leaders and women in fintech. In today's episode, we've got Pau Pavon Crespo. He is the founder and head of product of Examify. He is also Wise 20 Under 20 EdTech category winner, and they've launched a company from ideation to proper build, development, and launch in less than a year. We cover anything from the how he's still in uni and gets to be a successful founder to how they go about their product development cycle and anything about cultural differences from working in India, Northern Europe and Spain. So we hope to enjoy and see you on the other side. Hello, Pao. It is a pleasure having you in the show. Thank you. Hi, Monica. Thanks for inviting me. So. We were chatting the other day and you have a very particular story. You're a student, but you are a founder as well. And you are like a product expert as well. So I was very intrigued and I wanted to have you in the show because of your young age and basically what you've achieved so far and the mindset that you have. So let's start with the basics, basics. How did you end up being a founder without even finishing uni and without dropping off from uni? Yes. So I, I'd say this is thanks to my uni, which is very particular. So I study a degree called LANE, which stands for Leadership, Entrepreneurship and Innovation. So essentially, as, as I explain it always in a short way, it is like business management, but everything is practical. So the first week, so they put you like in classes with random people, like 20 people in the beginning. And then you actually go and you legally set up a uh, and from there, the whole idea is that during the first three years of university, you have to achieve certain KPIs. So revenue, profit, business to customers, and, and et cetera. And so that is how I ended up doing entrepreneurial projects, basically because we had to meet the, the KPIs. And from there, that is where, where Xamfy was, was born. So yeah, it is basically thanks to the ecosystem that I am able to do this while I'm in uni. Yes. And that is a very good point because it is not a quote-unquote, traditional university program. It is more of a, hey, you come to uni and we help you be an entrepreneur since the beginning. That's the outcome, right? Like being Exactly. I, I, I always, yeah, yeah I, I, we could say it's kind of like an accelerator incubator program at the same time, but it, it, it is like an official degree. So like you end up getting like a title and stuff. That is why I think it is becoming increasingly famous, at least in Spain, where I studied, because obviously some companies, maybe, or some parents still care about the fact of having a degree and that helps in, in making it like available to the public, I'd say, yeah, because yeah. people still care about these things. 
Do they have programs just in Spain or across Europe, across the world? No, across the world, actually. So um, the university that basically certifies the degree is Mondragon and it has a, a, like a subsidiary, which is Mondragon Team Academy. And that is all over the world. That is why I'm in Seoul right now in Korea, because they also have a team academy here. So wait, as part of the program, not only you are entrepreneurial, but you also have exposure to different cultures. And then you've been, during your time in unit, you've been to different places or is it the time, the first time that you yes, come? Exactly. So the idea is, I, I told you, you have to hit say, the certain profit goals. So with this money, we cannot like take it out of the company, but we have to spend it in a trip each year. So the first year we went to Finland and to Helsinki. Second year we went to Costa Rica and now we've been to India and to Seoul. So the idea is that with the money that you make, you pay for those trips and then you learn how to do basically learn about other cultures in terms of life, but in terms of business as well, which is something very shocking, especially at a, at a young age, because you imagine like if this works in Spain, it will work in Korea and no way. No. Completely different. You must know, but I didn't. So that is a pretty cool part of it. That is so interesting. So which findings have you had from that exposure? Because you, well, you're based in Spain, let's say business started in Spain, then you explore Finland, you explore India, then you explore Korea. Then three of them are so different cultures all together. What's, what's your insights from each of them? Well, there are, there are many. Uh, I tell you one insight about each country that I had. Finland for me equals, you can talk to anybody. So anybody. The president, the CEO of the biggest company will take you seriously. Doesn't matter. They will oh, take you seriously. Amazing. Yes, that's very cool. But we couldn't make the most out of it because it was the first year, like at the beginning of the second year. So we didn't really have like big projects to like do anything, but, but it was cool to, to figure it out. I'm actually also now working with, with an edtech startup there. So that, that's a big brutal for me. Costa Rica is people will tell you yes, and they will tell you no, but you don't know what that's yeah, yeah, like. Let's just sign the contract. Never again heard of the guy. So. Oh, wow. Literally. Yeah. India, I, I recently, like, for this, I was there, so I haven't really had time to think about it. But I'd say people are really, really, really open, maybe more open than you, that you might think. I'm very curious about you and, and what you yeah. Especially we're in, like, a big, like, we work a working space, and everybody was, like, asking us, hey, where are you from? What do you do? So it was pretty cool. And Korea, I don't know. Like, my third, yeah, you just arrived. Where, yes. Oh, I'm just, yes. just me here, yeah. Cool. Looking forward to hearing the comparison, because, yeah. Korea is also different, even within Southeast Asia. Well, within Asia, like each of the countries, you may yeah. be like, oh, it's Asia. No, 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 it's not just Asia. Like each country has its own. Yeah. All of my colleagues has, has traveled like a lot through Asia. And he, yesterday we were having dinner and he told me like, the thing I like the most about Asia is that every country is like a different continent. So you, you can travel within Europe and it's like, yeah, but France, Spain, Portugal, Italy is kind At of the, the same. End, it's kind of the same, different language, yeah. but kind of Then the you same. go to Asia and each country looks like a different continent to us. So yeah. Yes. That's amazing. That's why I love it here. <laughs> so tell me more about the business. Like how did the business idea came up and which problem are you solving? Yes. So you have to go back to March, 2022. So it's been almost a year now I think about it. So we were in Costa Rica and basically we thought, so we had worked a lot in the first and second year, half of the second year, we had a marketing agency and we had worked a lot with like traditional businesses that were doing B2B and stuff. And we figured out that obviously they were very digital. In terms of like, because we wanted to build software and we were an agency, which is kind of like a normal thing to do, but we were like, well, there's no room here because like 
all SaaS products are built, like, obviously not, but I mean, that's what we thought, right? It's very difficult. But then we thought about education because in, in Costa Rica, education is like very important. And we thought, wow, this is so behind in terms of digitalization compared to business and that there is a lot of space here. And what we thought was, and we also saw a uni that was like in Spain, basically scanning the, the tests of the students to later send them to teachers in other places to correct. So the students could actually see like the test before corrected, but they could see their test online. And we saw, yeah. wow. Because this so, is like post-COVID, like 2020. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. So it's like post-COVID. Well, post -COVID, yeah. yeah, before COVID, I can't even Everybody, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. But so the thing is they, the students were doing the, the exams on paper, but then they were having the exam digitized to be sent to a teacher in another place to correct. And we thought, wow, it would be so cool to be able to see your exams once they are corrected on a platform. So you can basically see them apart from like five minutes in class and study from them because normally how it works in like hospital and stuff is three exams and then you do the final exam. So it makes sense to be able to study from them and have to take a picture or ask the teacher. Then also, obviously, this is good for the parents because when, when you're younger, I remember my parents had to meet with my teachers to like review exams or wherever. At like strange times, like 7 a.m. because my dad and mom work, then the teacher also start working at 8. So it's, it's difficult. And for the teachers, like if they have everything digitized, it's obviously better. Like if they have to find anything, maybe, maybe in the future, maybe they can search through exams, through, through the handwritten text. So like you can do a lot of things if you have the documents digitized and it does make no sense to have the like stocky like guy for something. And so we thought, let's build a product for that. And we built basically a, like a mini Google Drive for, for example. So before yeah. you go deeper into this, the idea, because it seems like you talked to, did you talk to students or did you talk to teachers or it was like a brainstorm between you and your team? Like how did the yeah. idea like, such come up? It was kind of like a brainstorm and then we, validated it with students and literally saying what I would just told you, like, and you imagine if you had all your exams, like digitized, because I've seen my friends who are like regular uni, let's say traditional uni, like uh, take pictures of their exams so they can later study or scan them, but like with a watermark or something, I'm like, why don't you just have your exam? Like you did it. It makes sense that you have it. You, you could remember, yeah. like it makes no sense to not have it, but just have it like a platform in a beautiful way, you know, easy to do. And they were like, wow, this could be the best. And then we started talking to teachers and teachers were like open for it. But at the same time, they thought there's like an extra step now because they have to scan the exams. So we have to find the way in which this saves the teacher's time, or at least it doesn't add up time, but also benefits the students. And that's what we're trying to do right now. Yeah, that is super cool. And then when we first spoke, you were like, yeah, we're still kind of working on the prototype about to launch, getting ready. What has happened in the past few months? Yes. So we actually launched the like official MVP, working MVP, I'd say in November. So basically it worked. So how it worked, it was, you could take a picture, scan the exams in like a regular. And so exams or any kind of document. I always default to exams and this has to change because we're actually changing the branding and, and what we do at this very moment. But basically the documents or the exams, you, you could scan them. Let's say you have like two, a PDF with 200 pages and this amounts to like 77 exams or whatever. And so you upload this single document to our platform, to Examfy. And what we do is we detect with AI, like the name, the mark, like the different fields, and we classify them automatically. So you end up having like the 77 different PDFs with the name of the student, the mark, 
you have you can download that single two pages or three pages and you can view them online and you can decide to share or not to share them with the students and, and the parents. That was the first MVP. And this, uh, we had it on November and we start, started trying it with a school in Barcelona called Escolapia with four teachers, I believe. Yes. And basically we just wanted to get feedback. Uh, so yeah. literally we read the Lean Startup and we applied everything we read. So we started getting feedback and the main feedback was the fact of that. Yes, I'm doing this. Now I have this. It's cool. It's more organized, but now I have to go to the scanner and like lose time in a way yes. to be able to, to, to have this, uh, to have this result. So what we started working on is integrating with the school software. So most schools, at least in Spain, they use like an ERP. So yep. some kind of thing where they upload all the marks and everything to generate like the reports at the end of the trimester, the quarter or, or anything. And so we try to integrate with them, like basically make partnerships. So instead of like uploading this to Xamify and then going and manually typing in all the marks, you upload it to Xamify, you click a button and you have the marks in your other software, which awesome. now it same time, or at least it takes the same time because it takes time here, but it subtracts it from here, but you have a better result. Yeah. So that's. And of like the first feedback. And this is now, well, we're actually working on this because there are like five, six big softwares and you have to make like different partnerships with, with every single one of them. But from there, uh, we can say now it's December, January, and we had just started adding more features. So one thing that we added, for example, is the ability when, when ChatGPT launched, for example, whether the ability to actually generate the exams. So now we're thinking, well, maybe we want to like tackle the whole process. So not just like from the correction to like storing it and sharing it, but also the first part, which is generating the exam, coming up with ideas and stuff. So we added like what we call a, an exam generator. So basically you go, you say, I want five questions of this type, multiple choice, whatever about this subject or whatever, and you can, it generates. So the idea in the end is to tackle the, the whole process. And the last feature that we added, which is very, very cool. And I think uh, this is pretty unique, at least in, in the field is the ability to do what, what I was saying before, to search through the exam. So imagine you say, okay, I remember like one year ago, I had this student who came up with this brilliant answer about whatever. I just remember like three keywords. You can type that in and it says it was this exam on this page, even if it's hard. So that's, that's a pretty cool thing, which you would not be able to do if you have like a million papers just in the back of your house. Yes. And I love, yes, I love it. I love like the thinking and the problem statements that you're solving, but at the same time, let's say the utility. Because you're talking about like exams, but like you said a few minutes ago, it's documents. I, for example, I journaled a lot. So I have notebooks since 2010. So a few wow. months ago, I was like, oh, I think I need to digitize all this. And then in my mind, I was like, okay, I'll just like scan with a phone, scan, scan, scan. It will be easy. No, the reality is like I have over 100 notebooks. It takes yeah. a lot of time to scan. But even, even if I scan them, I'm like, oh, I'll just kind of scan them. I never see them again because exactly it's because not easy to that's it. It's it's just like a PDF. But a solution like that, <laughs> that this is not a business use case. But still, it's like a, I'm sure there's so many use cases where people just have like tons of papers, and they want to digitize. But digitize doesn't mean it's scan and classify. And go through the data that's inside the document. That's a beautiful end-to-end -end use case outside just education. Yes, no. I lawyers, like, well, maybe lawyers is private and confidential information. I don't know that. But, uh, you know, like, there's so many use cases. 
Yeah, definitely. One of our mentors actually is the CEO of a company called Imbofox, which was in the last batch of Y Combinator, and they're from Spain. And they do a similar thing, but with invoices. So they provide the technology of all the SaaS, well, not all, but like the main SaaS platforms, in, at least in Spain. That's do like, I, I don't know if you know, it's called Hold It. It's like the main one, which is like ERP for small and medium-sized businesses. So the technology behind the invoice digitization, they provide that. And they have like a super deep tech, super cool technology to do basically what, what you said. Like literally extract all the information, insights from a PDF. Um, and obviously this has a million different use cases. Yes. And you could argue that you have that in simple apps in your... You yes. kind of yeah. do. You do, but... It's not good enough. Like I've tested yeah, many. Yeah. <laughs> like I tested no, many. Google especially and, and Apple also is doing a very good job now in, in recognizing text. I, I the other day because I like I have an iPhone seven which it looks like an Nokia to me at this point compared <laughs> to yeah, but the other day we were just like we, we were in, in India. We took a picture of like the SIM cards to know our number. Yeah. And I saw my friend like literally go like this really touch and copy the number from the picture. Oh, and I was, oh, no, what is this? Like, it's very than example. Cool. Yeah. That is cool. That is super cool. At least he's doing a very good job in this. Good, 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 good. Maybe I need to check the new apps out there. Awesome. So you talked about your mentors and kind of like you're in Korea, but people are testing. Like, how is the company like set up? Like, how big is your team? How do you fit in the ecosystem? Like, who's helping out in terms of mentors? Can you guide us through? All of that. Yes. It's very interesting. So at the moment, we're three people. So it's me. Then there's Manu, which also is a lane student. And he's more in charge of the business development part with me, I'd say. I'm a bit more like product. Then he's more in business development. And then we have Tony, which is basically my lifelong friend who studies computer science in the UK. And he's basically taking care of, of all the development. So in, in the beginning, it was the, the story is uh, we. And then I started doing the MVP coding because I knew a bit of code. And I spent the whole summer at Tony's house. Their parents almost like cooked lunch for me at that point. <laughs> Just asking Tony, hey, Tony, how can I do this? How can I do this? How can I do this? And at one point he was like, okay, I, I might as well like just join, join the company do it myself instead of telling you how to do everything, you know? That is and cool. So, that's how he joined. Yeah. Because, and the story with Tony is very special because like, since we were like 12 years old, we were like always thinking about business ideas and how to do this, how to do, and he's very, very intelligent. So I remember like he did AI courses at like 14, 15. Oh, cool. Yes. So like, he's very, very intelligent and he was like a, a, a dream of mine, like to work with him and now we're doing it. So it's, it's very cool. And especially him being in the UK, we don't see each other that much. So it's cool. How did you keep friendship and business separate? I'd say with Tony, it's not difficult. With Manu, maybe it's a bit more difficult. I literally live with him now. Hang out all day. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's difficult, but I'd say we establish like pretty, pretty strict work schedules. So in the sense of like, okay, today we're going to work until 5 PM. Then we're going to go to the gym and then we're going to party and then we're going to work at 12. And like, we agree on that. We literally agree on that at the beginning of the day. And then it just goes like that. And so we were like, oh, wow. You're together. Like. 24 hours a day, almost. Yeah. Like almost. working, oh, yeah. gym, party, work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. Now we, I, I think we, we handled it pretty, pretty well. And the difficult thing goes when one wants to party, the other one wasn't. And one, like, who's the strongest in convincing the other one? Yeah. That is cool. Of course, that's like 20 year old pro problems. <laughs> like yeah. 
when are we going to party? When are we going to work? (laughs) That is cool. What has been the biggest challenge so far in building the whole thing? Yeah, I'd say just like getting in touch with the schools because in any other, not any other, but like in most of other markets, you have like, there's one decision maker, or at least you know the decision maker. In a school, like the decision maker is usually what it's called in Spanish, well, like the board of directors of a company, but the board of directors at the same time, they are all teachers. So you are trying to, you're sending an email to like a secretary or something. Then they're sending that to a teacher or an important teacher within the school. And that teacher is like sharing it with like five other teachers, with the board of directors. They have like a meet. I don't know if some schools have a meeting a week, some a meeting a month, a meeting a quarter. Like every school works in a different way. You never know who's the decision maker. You can definitely not get their email without like literally asking for it and hoping they give it to you. So it's very difficult to actually like establish a meeting. Wow. I, I think that's the, the most complicated part because there's not like a stream, streamlined way. To, let's say, this is how I do outreach. It's like have one email for the school and it's going to be a journey, a different one for every school. How are you then thinking of scaling this? Yes. It's challenging so, to acquire customers. Like, it's very, very challenging. One of the things we're doing is like, you remember the partnerships I, I talked about with the other softwares? So we're talking with two of the biggest softwares in Spain. So one is ClickEdu, which has like around 700 schools in Spain and all the public schools in Andorra, which is a country of Spain. And the second one is ClassLife, which I believe is like the second or third biggest one. And what we want to do is basically when we fully integrate with them, like a very, very seamless way, basically just like doing like a co-branding and going to all their schools because they already have like the contact. They have the relationship and the trust and... Exactly. So that's the way how, how we plan to do it. Because like, if you do a partnership with three or four of these companies, you have like percent of the market almost. Yes. So yeah, that, that's the plan for, for the moment. Awesome. So now I'm more interested to know, like, well, hey, congrats. You've got everything figured out. It's execution, execution, and solving problems, basically. And at the moment, it's execution. Yes, I, I'd say it's execution. Yeah. But you've thought it through properly, end to end. How's, I guess, like, I'm curious to know, What's your thinking process? How do you make decisions? How do you identify problems? Yeah, how does your brain work? For me, the, the thing that we did the worst in the beginning that we had to learn through like brute force uh, was basically do, so, do something that people want. It's as easy as that, but sometimes you get caught up and it, it happens like literally every day. In like, wow, let's do this because it's going to help them in that way. And, and then you talk to a teacher like three months after and he's like, oh, no, but I don't want to do this because this has more time to like, work. And, oh, and we wasted three sense. months. It makes sense. Yeah. So basically just like, it's like the thing that you always say, but until you don't do it, you don't realize it. It's like, you have an idea. Yeah. The idea can be the best. You can validate the idea, but don't validate the idea. Validate the problem. What are you solving? How are, how are you helping? I love that. Don't validate the idea, validate the problem. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, you need to validate the problem. Then you will solve the problem. In, you can solve the problem in a million different ways. And then your job is to find the most efficient one or the best one or the one that the people like the most. But the, the thing that you need to validate that exists and that there is, is a problem. If you just come up with an idea that you want to do, maybe you want it, but people maybe don't, you know? And then you are going to like, trying to force this thing to like, for people to use it, like, and even for free, like people won't use something, even if it's for free, if they don't really like, no. like it. 
Exactly, because it's not for free. It takes time and effort and like, why should I bother? Oh, that is super cool. And then, okay, so that's kind of product thinking. You're constantly validating the the problem. How often do you talk to customers as such? We try to every day. We try. Every day. I think we try to. Yeah, so every day we have like this. So we work on, I don't even know why I'm saying this, but I think it might be interesting for some people. We have the CRM on on Hotspot. Uh, on Hotspot, you get like, a, which is like last email, like 24 hours ago. So if, if it's more like, we just try to get in touch with every school and because we have several stakeholders within the school, like various teachers and stuff, just like every day, just like contact somebody at the school. Hey, how are you doing? What do you need? Why haven't you uploaded an exam? Blah, 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 blah. So just try to keep the communication going because one of the things that's happened the most and that we learned when in the agency phase is one of the things people don't like, or at least in SMEs, is like people not caring about them. So their suppliers not caring about them. Like, oh yeah, Ronnie, you know, it's like, uh, we want them to feel like if they have a problem anytime, they will answer it within three hours. Awesome. Um, so that is, that is very important for us to like, that they know that we're here and, and the customer experience for us is very, very important. And that is something we can handle very well at the beginning because we are like a small team, but at the same time, a lot of times. Uh, so we can handle that and we, we obviously want to scale that. But now I think there's a competitive advantage of ours that we can really take care of each and every single one of the clients. That is amazing. Yeah, customer service is a differentiator. Yeah. No, and, and, and at the same time, it's, regarding your question at the same time it works for us because if we talk to them like every day they will come up with different things every day and then we can improve the product so it's like a flywheel yeah yes because even in in product in the product world there is a framework that is continuous delivery and basically it says hey you have to talk to customers at least once a week <laughs> you are like i talk to customers every day that is awesome yeah. That's yeah, why, yeah. Right. I say we try to, I write them emails. Another thing is that they reply, but I, I write emails. Yeah. You write emails every day. And then how often do they respond? Yes. It really depends. So like, I'd say minimum once a week. We talk with once every school once a week. Minimum, oh, minimum, minimum. That is Yeah. Because people, especially if, if you start writing so often, like people are like, oh, hey, I'm sorry. It was very busy. So like they, they feel like they have to reply. And it's not like I just want them to reply, but just like, if you reply, I will make your experience better. So it's, yeah. it's complete. So you have an amazing product. You have kind of the process. You're solving a problem statement. You're talking with your problem to your customers quite frequently. So you're refining. You have distribution sorted. How are you funding all of these? What's your... Yeah, I'd say it's like, this is like the anti-funding. So basically we're not paying ourselves. That's the only answer. So we're students, we can afford it. And so we haven't raised any money we won a wise 20 under 20 like a contest yeah. I think made you. so that, that gave us some money to start funding basically marketing ad spend apart from that we don't pay ourselves and then you have a lot of like you know amazon web services credits and stuff so basically we're running for free on servers at the moment uh, we still have some money from the ad spend so we don't plan on fundraising until we have like not product market fit but like we know we have this is the process how we sell it and this is, if you give me this amount of money, I can make this many sales. When we have that, that, that's when we want to start fundraising, which we hope is before the next school year in Spain, which is in starting in September. So before the summer, like have the summer to do this kind of process. 
And just like this couple or three months that's left to like figure all, all this out. I'm from Larry, yes, obviously, because when we have money, we'll be able to go. To accelerate, yeah. What's your secret for moving fast? Because you're moving quite, you're like, oh, yeah, we'll be almost like product market feed everything ready by September before fundraising. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, it's already yeah. February. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'd say it's just like focus. And so one of the things that I struggle the most, I still struggle, obviously, because we're a uni, but it's not like we get to work eight hours on exam by day. Obviously, like essay, stuff we have to do, reading books, blah, blah, blah. Basically focus. So like you do one thing and whenever you have free time, you do one thing. And it's just like doing exam. And focus and volume, I'd say as well. And for example, like I remember like back last year, we were sending 300, 300 outreach emails a week. This w coming week, which we are on Tuesday, we're sending 3,000. So it's literally 10x the mindset. How, how we do it manually, I've just learned all the Gmail shortcut and I'm like this. So th there's no secret, but just like volume, literally. Like it just sends you so much when you send 10 times more emails. You consciously use the 10x your mindset, 10, 10x the um, results. I, I, I haven't consciously thought about it, but I just thought like 300, 300 and yesterday we said it's going to be 2,000 of a new like flow of messaging and then it's going to be 500 of recontacting of 500 more, so it's just 3,000. So not consciously, but the, just the thing of like, if you do way more, the results are going to be way more. Yes. Oh, it's been an amazing conversation. Just to wrap up, what advice do you give to anyone who's looking to start? Mm. I don't know if I'm in a position to advise anybody. I'm <laughs> so sure you are. <laughs> we can pay ourselves. Uh, but uh, I'd say just like do something that you really like. Not, not in terms of like, oh, you have to love the process or anything. If, if you like it, it's going to be better for sure. I love it. Uh, but just like the fact of what you're, you would use what you're building or you would have like to use what you're building. Because that way you are going to like be engaged. Like every time we do a product demo with Tony, I'm like super excited because I'm thinking like, wow, I hope my brother gets to use this. Like in some of my little brother. This is like, it's so cool. I would have loved to use this. And like, just to have my phone. Oh, I got a new mark. Because back in the day, we had this ERP software, but it was like somebody on the WhatsApp group. Hey, we got the marks. You log in on the computer because it didn't happen up. Then you see the mark. You didn't get a notification. Just like getting it, like a push notification. Hey, you got an exam and seeing the exam corrected. For me, it would have been so, so cool. And uh, so just like, like the product you're, you are making, because that way it's going to be more fun and you're going to be able to yes. like, just, that's a great mindset. Thank you, Paul. It's been a pleasure having you in the show. It's been super insightful. Thank you. Thank, thank, you, thank you very much. You. Thank, you. thank you. Ciao. Hello again. It's been an absolute pleasure. I learned tons from this conversation and hopefully you gained some insights, knowledge, or inspiration. It could mean the world if you follow, share, and rate the show because it gives me feedback. And remember, if you have fintech, product, career, or life direction questions, reach out. I'm always happy to help. Go to my LinkedIn page, Monica Millares, and send me a connection request. DM me and book time for a free mentoring session. See you next week. Ciao, ciao.